You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast, part of the Living and Loserville podcast. We are back. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. And we're here to discuss a Vikings victory. Yes, I said it. I said it. The Vikings finally won a game. I understand both teams were not unbeaten. (laughs) They were both winless. But a win is a win is a win. And we were just talking off air. Man, it'd be nice to be 2-2 two and two right now. But, hey, we'll, we'll take what we can get. We did get the W. Like I said, 31-23. to 23. The, the skilled players, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, all over 100 yards. There's uh, some fun stats with that, no doubt about it. Um, Delvin Cook, this just in, Delvin Cook is phenomenal. He can, you know, he can break the tackle. That's what he can do. He can dip, he can dive, he can throw you on the ground. Um, so we're going to definitely sink our teeth into this um, victory against the Titans, or, or Titans, Texans. They actually now lost the head coach over there. Uh, after going 0-4, Bill O'Brien. Well, he the problem is the GM slash head coach. I don't know if it's really the head coaching problem. I'm not sure, but I do know it's GM. When you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a guy who's faded and overpriced and David Johnson in a second round, traded Javon Clowney for a third round, gave up a first in a second uh, for Tunzel and Kenny Steeles, and then traded a second round pick for Brandon Cook, um, that's some production there. But at the top there, Hopkins, especially. That was just silly why they weren't paying him. They they brought somebody else in and paid him, and obviously Hopkins is stud. But anyway, I digress. It is nice not having that in our town right now as a a coach getting fired after four games. Usually the NHL and NBA are the ones that – fire coaches very early after like 10 games. It's like, dude, so you had all season, off season. You had the whole off season to say, yeah, let's keep them. And then you go like two a eight in basketball or, or hockey. And nah, fuck this guy. You know, it's, it's always funny. But anyway, like I said, we will review um, this game here, this win. And then we know what's next. Seattle, Sunday night football at Seattle, third year on the road. That is always fun. Luckily, they won't have the crazy 12-man crowd, though, or at least – actually, yeah, I don't think they have any uh, people in the, in the stands. Now that I think about some places do, some don't. Uh, the Houston Texans did, um, but it really didn't do much because if you only have ten or 20,000, it's really not that big because they're spread out. So we got a big one coming up. Um, it would be a huge win. It is a big ask. It does seem like it's going to be a shootout, um, but we're going to pre- preview and predict that game. Might talk a little bit about uh, Hunter 
too. We knew he was getting off the uh, IR as far as you know, as far as the three-game IR. But looks like he's getting a second opinion. So we'll see how long that takes. We talked about that last week. How don't get your hopes up when you hear him come off IR because it's going to be probably another couple weeks. Um, so yeah, we'll get into this in just a moment. If this is your first time listening to the Purple People Eaters podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. It streams live at archives. It's basically the headquarters. However, if you want to listen to this Vikings podcast, you don't have to go to Blog Talk on Rope and Dope Radio and download the show there or listen to it in the browser. You can find this podcast under the Rope and Dope Radio podcast at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, a variety of spots on the internet. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found anywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtrue.com. It's football. It's basketball, it's boxing, it's baseball, it's everything in between. And one more thing before we get into this Vikings victory. God, it just sounds good to say that. I got something for you. If you're thinking about cutting the cord, maybe you did, you're not quite happy. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. I actually use it myself. There is a seven-day free trial available. There's no annual contract. The plans start as low as $55 a month. Um, they have the cloud DVR. You can stream it anywhere. And right now, if you sign up, you get a free month, 30 days of uh, HBO Max. There's another layer to this deal now. If you sign up for the Max package, that already includes HBO Max, plus a free month of Showtime, which uh, normally runs you $11 a month. That's called AT&T TV Now, like I said, live streaming cable. Okay. Going to go ahead and bring in Aaron, my co-host, and uh, it, it's, it is nice doing this podcast with a W. The week before, we saw a lot of potential. We saw some good things that we were able to at least talk about rather than some of the stuff we saw in week one and two on both sides of the ball, and it's nice to be able to talk about three skilled players 100 yards. That's crazy. That, that happened, I think, the last time. 2000 i got some stats we'll talk about that later but it's just nice to not only see some promise some potential but also get the w yeah victory snatch from the jaws of defeat quite literally on this one for a drop pass in the end zone and the offense has been looking good three guys over 100 yards 30 yard 30 point uh games the last three and so now we work forward to the uh the inevitable mystery of Kirk Cousins in prime time. So that'll be a talker all week, I suppose, and we'll have to see how that works out. So far, it hasn't been great. But, you know, at least it's not Monday night. It'll be a Sunday night here. <laughs> yeah, the first year was really rough. Last year, we did manage to get, what, Dallas? I think, we, yeah, we beat Dallas in that crazy game. That was a crazy game, too. We were up on them. They came back. Hail Mary. Yeah, let's, let's hope. And like I said, at least they won't have – the full stadium but this has got to change at some point like okay you take on seattle every year for three years cool whatever that's i get it sometimes it's where you end up i get all that but in your division right but at seattle three times in a row it's one of the hardest places to play i mean golly anyway let's get to this game here um the titans had like two 
in a row right away, three and outs. Uh, Wandam got a sack. We did get, I think, three sacks. We came into the game with three sacks in three games. I think we got three sacks, got some pressures, got some hits. Um, although the Vikings didn't score on the first drive, they did pick up a couple of first downs, so at least that helped the you know the ball control, the time of possession, the field possession. Um, so it was 0-0 there for a while. Um, then the Vikings put a good drive, kind of a mix of pass and run together with Cook scoring the touchdown. There was, a, I think, a, like a 29-yard catch by Jefferson, who, by the way, can adjust to the ball pretty damn well, like we haven't seen in quite some time. I'm not going to call him, you know, a 6'4", 220 guy, you know, like he could do that. But it seems like the guy is first to the ball in the air, and the adjustments this guy makes is pretty impressive. Anyway, Cook got in. Um, it's like a four- or five-minute drive, seven-zip. Okay, looking looking pretty good. The, the Texans did respond uh, with a 10-play drive, but it did end in a field goal. Hendricks had a nice pass breakup, which he does a couple of times a game, it seems, on third down, um, forced it, right? Then there was uh, the only turnover of the game was the um, the fumble recovery. I think it was off that was it off the punt. I think that's what it was. But that's really the only turnover on each side. Um, and, and, you know, it's 10 to 3, and you're thinking, all right, dude, we're, we're getting off to a good start. And a couple of things happened really positive and then really negative to close out the half. And I'll kind of explain some of that. We'll get, pass it over to my guy, Aaron here, 12 play 75 yard drive, almost uh, seven minutes. Uh, Cousins is spreading the ball around more. There was a fourth and two and we've given a little credit for running when it's there or scrambling. Uh, he's done it a couple times, not in the Indianapolis game. But the other three games he has been able to move out of the pocket a little bit earlier than expected and still complete a pass. This one was just funny looking. It worked, but it was funny. The fourth and down QB sweep specialty was was pretty damn funny. But that drive was really good. And I think that's where one of those stiff arm runs came in with Cook. Um, it's 17 to three. He made a great run. Um, Cook did. And even 17 to six, they did manage a field goal. So you're feeling really good, Aaron. 17 to 6, everything's popping. Defense is playing really, really solid. I think they only gave up one big play. That came later. And part of that was Harrison Smith disqualification getting thrown out. I thought it was a shitty call. Um, I get the 15 yards, but there has to be a buffer in there. He, it seemed like it was just a football play that he did try to get his shoulder into it. I get the penalty, but that really costed us. But how were you feeling right before that anyway? At 17-6, to 6, both sides of the ball really showing what we can and looking probably as good as we've seen as a team. I thought what really stood out there was the, the defense is improving. Uh, incremental steps, of course, but, you know, you got Cam Dantzler back again. He Shut down the field, uh, didn't hear his name at all, which for a corner is a pretty good thing. Made all the tackles he needed to make and, you know, didn't have – they didn't test him a lot because they were going at Hill. But, I mean, that's that's a plus for for Dantzler. So I thought that was nice to see. Gladney was playing well in the slot. I know that's a tough spot to pick up, but 
but he's, he was playing well, so I was really paying attention to the defense. And is there any improvement? Started to see a little bit of pressure on the quarterback coming from Wanham and from uh, the new guy, Ngakwe. Still nothing up the middle. I hope they're working on that. But it seems like the defense is coming around. Maybe Zimmer's sleeping a little better at night. But offensively, yeah, I mean, that big drive, 12 plays, uh, run pass, little QB sweep there, the, the unicorn of a play that you never really see that often. And so things were going well t- much to my surprise, I didn't think it would go as well as it, as it did. I'm just kind of waiting for that other shoe to drop on this offense and knock on wood. That doesn't happen, but they're putting up a lot of points and uh, managing to control the clock in the last few games, which is important for a team that wants to run the ball and do play action. seems to be that's the most uh, successful plan that they've worked so far, and that's what Kubiak does. So it was good to see that rolling off that play. You know, old school football play, like you mentioned, uh, nothing, you know, 10 years ago, that's a great play. You know, two heads collide and we've got a D we got a disqualification on Harrison Smith. And, you know, I, it's hard to call that. And I wasn't aware of the rule that, you know, you didn't get a warning or anything like that. I thought it would just be a penalty. Next thing you know, I hear he's DQ and you're like, well, what, how does that work? It's not like college where I think you get a, you get a chance at it, or maybe you don't, but it just seemed like it was pretty abrupt and a bit of a questionable play, you know, the collision, sometimes there's nothing you can do about a collision like that. And I think that's kind of what happened. They saw two heads collide and they made the move to disqualify him, which really put us in a tough spot. And they had mentioned before that we were down to what, four defensive backs uh, up on the yeah, roster right. that day. And we were low, we were low in, in players there to begin with. And then you take out an all pro and uh, you know what happens after that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, coming into this season, we had two safeties, and that was about it. Um, so, Iloka came in, and uh, he took over at safety, but I, the takeover uh, was the opposite way. The Vikings on cue had a three and out, and on cue, the Texans had a seven-play, 73-yard drive. Fuller had a TD catch. It's 17-13, to 13, and you're having flashbacks of 24 to. 12 I think last week when we went up and you're thinking oh boy here we go now the difference and there's two drives that I'll highlight um, didn't score any points on it but at least we moved the ball um, we did have uh, we actually got well we talked about how the play action was was going most of uh, the, the game um, we actually responded with a decent drive Thielen had that 39 yard catch for a first down but he ran about 82 yards and he even made fun of himself after that. When you look at the tape, if he would have cut left, he wouldn't have lost yardage. And he may have actually gone way further, but it was just a stir, you know, spur of the moment. But he worked his way back and uh, just crossed the whole field. The problem was there was a penalty, and we end up missing a field goal. And there was another moment um, where uh, there was a deep route um, on a third and like 10, it was a third and 10, I believe. And we'll get into this third down, fourth down and three, third and six stuff a little bit more as we uh, progress in this show. But um, Cousins overthrew him in the end zone. Um, and it, it was just slightly overthrown, but it was an overthrow because Thielen jumped for it and couldn't get it. So that's a, that's a sign of an overthrow. Um, but in the end, unfortunately, um, it wouldn't have mattered anyway because we got a freaking holding call on that play. Um, and it, it backed us up. And sure enough, 
We missed a field goal. It's a 55-yard field goal, though. So it is kind of hard to, like, get, you know, too frustrated about that. But, hey, we did move the ball. And, you know, besides that penalty, we, we did have pretty good field position. When you miss, though, it does, you know, it's where the spot of the ball is, uh, you know, where you actually miss, where it gets snapped and held. So that, that kind of sucked. And, of course, they came firing back. Will Fuller, 43-yard catch. Um, uh, but the bend that don't break was key. 25-yard field goal, 17-16, to 16, Aaron. 531 left. Um, you're thinking right now that maybe the tires are, are falling off. Uh, about three or four times, and I saw a couple of people mention this too, um, there was two wide receivers in the same area about three or four times in this game. And it's not something I've seen this year much, but something's got to change there. That was a little weird. Um, but uh, what were you thinking at that time? Like, okay, we haven't scored now in a little bit. It's 17 to 16. We're in trouble here because they're, they're able to throw the ball because man, if you look at the first quarter and I forgot to go over the stats, dude, like we had, what is a young stud, 6 of 15 for 79 yards. Johnson, the running back, 8 for 29. You know what I mean? That's good numbers. Now, some of that was some plays he made on his own. Some of that, they were just going deep exploiting us. But 6 of 15, we'll take any day of the week at the first half. But it really felt like we were going to we were gonna lose the game at that point. It just felt like, oh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, you started to yeah, here we go again is right. And you started to think about Harrison Smith being gone. I mean, you give up that touchdown uh, right off the, what, their first drive of the game or the of the half, and uh, you think to yourself, well, geez, this isn't good. I mean, he slipped by, had blown coverage by Iloka. You started to say, well, you know, this guy's a veteran. He's supposed to be in, in Zimmer's system, should know it like the back of his hand. Apparently not. Apparently Zimmer had some words with him about that. And – a missed field goal, Chris, and then I started thinking about a good old Danny Carlson out there hitting 50 yarders in, <laughs> in Las Vegas, and I'm thinking to myself, well, yeah, maybe you know we were talking last week about uh, knee-jerk reactions. Well, I mean, maybe that Zimmer and all of us maybe had a, a knee-jerk reaction with little Danny Carlson in a game in Green Bay, you know, which now we'd have a pretty solid kicker if we could fight through the, you know, he might not have recovered here from it. I guess you could always make that point, but. Uh, he's sure kicking well out there, and this is the second week now that uh, Bailey has missed uh, a somewhat makeable kick. Uh, yeah, they're long, but you see other kickers do it all the time. And So my head was kind of on the kicking game a little bit there, and then they go ahead and nail a field goal, make it 16 to 17, and you're starting to think, well, does, can you depend on this defense to get, get us through this ball game? I mean, it's starting to be in question, and then they go down, they make a nice drive, and uh, finish it with Thielen touchdown, make it 16-24. And then a three and out, punt on the defense, and we're starting to look a little bit better. Right? We got the lead again. Got Madison in there, make it 16-31. to And so I'm thinking it's cruise time there. I mean, you go on to the next drive, Chris, and, you know, that's when things start to happen. Yeah, you're right. It was an eight-play drive, five-minute uh, stretch, and there was a key rollout by Cousins. Jefferson made the adjustment. It was a third and ten. And we know anything like third and eight, third and ten, third and thirteen, it, it just usually doesn't play out that well. Um, and like you said on that other 
the back shoulder on the other score uh, scoring drive, I should say, that back shoulder catch was just money. Um, Yeah, a word on that, Chris, is you know that's the first back shoulder throw I've seen I've I've seen Cousins do uh, since he's been here. It was refreshing to see because that's a that's a play call that's a a field call there where you make the throw. It's not necessarily called back shoulder, and he chose to do it. And then Jefferson instinctively adjusted to it. So it was really encouraging to see that. I think a lot of times on the sideline the back shoulder throws what you need, and I hadn't seen Kirk do it ever. And to see it there, whether it was an accident or he meant to do it, it was a beautiful sight. Well, he, he meant to do it. But him and Thielen have done that just sparingly. But you're right. That's not something that we feature too much. And on that drive that you talk about that we got up to 31 points, 31 to 16, Jefferson on third down in Thielen, both 25-yard pickups too. So we're getting chunks. And that's when uh, – you know, Cook got a little shooken up there, and I think he's going to be okay. And, you know, still worried about the offense, and, or defense, I should say, at this point. And if you look at it, coming into the – where is this stack? Coming into the, 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 the game, we had – or actually during the game, because it got updated, uh, we were tied with Tennessee, actually, for the most – plays given up 30 yards or more we had uh entering the day we had eight well that 43 yard catch uh by you know that explosive play made it nine so now we're leading the league and giving that up that's a negative but you know what they did bend no doubt about it um a four i mean the touchdown pass was such a heartbreaker because it's fourth and fucking 10 you know what i mean and once again a long Nine plays, 77 yards, 31-23, about a six, I think six minutes. Holton Hill and Aloka got beat on that. I don't know who guy that was. They both got beat, whatever. Um, nobody covered up for it. And um, and here's another key when I talked about, you know, we're going to talk about some negative spots, right? But this is the key thing on offense and defense. Um And and that's, uh, like you said, the incremental, the steps to to improve. Now, it would have been nice to burn a couple more minutes of clock and and score a field goal or whatever. Now, they burnt about three or four minutes. They picked up, I think it was seven or eight plays. I think it was seven plays. And you're like, okay, we we did move the ball, though. So we're not just three and out. We're we're letting our uh, defense, you know, at least get a breather and then field position. So you're like, okay. Now the play call on we've had these play calls on fourth and three, fourth and ten, whatever, third and eight, third and six, they're going deep. And although I I, I see the play and Thielen, you know, Thielen said something about the play, and so did Cousins. He wished he could have put it right on the money. Deep passes are, you know, boom or bust. It was short, but it hit the guy, his defender, in the helmet. So it wasn't like it was underthrown to where it's at their feet. You know, Thielen did say that he, he wished he would have made a play on the ball, and Cousins wished he would have put it out a little further. But my point is, that's cool and all, but since we've already done that a bunch this year, sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't, you know, that's not a play that puts the game away for a fact anyway, one. And two... Why not try to get five or six, seven yards? Why not get five yards and go fourth and one or, or whatever? I, I just feel like I like first downs too. We don't need an explosive play in that moment. But 
at least they moved the ball. Now, the negative positive with the defense. You know, the t- they, of course, like clockwork, 10-play drive right away. We, 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 I think we put them back to like the 25 or something like that. My problem was literally, Aaron, they did about – in 58 seconds, I'm looking at the clock thing, 58 seconds is first and goal. You know, so you're like, oh, well, this is – that was quick. Why did we have to give up so many quick plays? But here's the positive. The defense bent. Sure, they bent, especially in the second half. But they did not break this week. And they turned it over on downs. They stuffed the run. Even that pitch fumble that looked like we were going to get it and it went right to – you're like, oh, okay, that was it. That was it. That was our time. That was our time. We should have got it there. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Just thinking, oh, shit. Now, Fuller caught the ball with the one hand, you know, tucked it in, but didn't quite. The call was reversed. He didn't quite. The ball moved from the ground. Turnover on downs. Um, that was awesome. And, and to play Watson that well in the first half and then grind it out when he started getting hot, when they started getting hot, because they do. I mean, Fuller's a damn good receiver. Um, they just need Hopkins, too, obviously. But. To see both sides do a little bit more than they have in crucial spots of the fourth quarter, it was just like finally we're starting to play hand in hand. Can we, and that was our question last week too a little bit, can we put it together in a game? And it feels like we did to an extent. Yeah, to an extent. It it seems like we did. You'd still like to see a little bit, you know, like I said, I think the loss of Harrison Smith gave us, gave up two touchdowns there. And so that would have been a much... Uh, more lopsided game, but as it came down the stretch, you're right. You know, they, the long drive, well, I wouldn't say the long drive, the three-minute drive was a big deal, although that you're right on that catch. I've seen Thielen make that catch, and I could I could definitely understand his point about making a play on the ball because it just didn't seem like he did, and it just hit the defender in the – It's like put it right in the bread basket, you know. I'm just putting right. my arms out a little bit, you know. And I've seen him go – I think it was over Lattimore. He, you know, he went right above – over and got it. So he's done that before. It was weird to see him not try to make a play on the ball. As far as the call, you're right. You know, you still got Cook in a screen game. You still got Cook in the flats. If you need four, five, six, that seems like a pretty good bet. So I think, again, they're trying to maybe, you know, end the game quick, just get it over with, maybe with some punctuation on it, which didn't work out in the end. And so you're looking at, you know, like you said with uh, Watson, just, you know, I don't think this defense – can afford to go into prevent, especially with a game on the line like that. I just don't think they're there yet as a, as a as a unit. So I think maybe you got to look back and go, maybe we still play it straight up and not go into prevent because teams are just going down the field, like you said, what, 58 seconds or something like that. All that time, they're just not ready to go into prevent yet now. You know, maybe future in the future down the road in the season, perhaps that's something they can look into, but they're just getting carved up in that position and, yeah, you're right. So it comes down to that last play, fourth and whatever it was. And, uh, you know, guy almost made a great play on the ball. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't keep it secure at the end or, 
and we're looking at trying to fight off a two point conversion. But to say the less, you know, they, they managed to get through that, ran out the clock and onto the first victory of the year. Hey, I like that. And some of these positive, the stats uh, cooked forced nine missed tackles on that one run. Um, He's second most in, in, in missing or breaking tackles. Really? Um, Can we just talk a little bit about what he's doing right now? It's incredible. I mean, dude, I mean, 25 yard, 25 first down rushing that leads the league. Six rushing touchdowns that leads the league. Actually, it got updated. 21 missed tackles forced on runs. He's first. 269 rushing after contact. He's first, and he leads the league in rushing. Speed and acceleration and vision. Now he's throwing toughness in. He almost got his jersey ripped off and managed to get outside that and get into the end zone. He's running with passion. You can see it's not just he's a team leader now. And I think in one player that exemplifies that on this team right now is Delvin Cook. He's just not he's getting the extra yards. He's not giving in at all. He's being a tough running back. I just I can't say enough about how he's been playing the last. Well, probably this whole season, the last four games. He's just been incredible. He really has. He's picking up blocks. He's laying people down. Uh, Garrett Bradbury is another guy. We mentioned. If you look at his numbers through, well, when we say numbers, that's, you know, that's in some games. that can be weird, especially in defense. But overall, his run blocking is pretty much on point. You know, we still got some, some ways to go past the whole line. Uh, but you can start to see two tackles in the middle be pretty damn solid. And today's game, the first time since November, this is today's game on Sunday, obviously, I'm Gabe Henderson on Twitter. Um, today's game is the first time since November 19, 2000, that the Vikings had two wide receivers with 100-plus receiving yards and a running back in the same game. And let's go back and look at that. Moss, five catches, Bucko six, touchdown. Carter, of course, having more catches because that's what he does. Eight, well, he catches touchdowns too. Eight catches, Buck 38. And then Robert Smith, 23, uh, carries 103 and a touch. Um, so that that's always a good stat to, uh, to, to talk about. But when we talk about – let's keep an eye on this boom to bust um, deep stuff because – I sent you over that um, text, you know, that that shows the highest percentage of targets that are 20 yards in the air or more. And and we know we're kind of a boom or bust like that. The play action does lend itself, especially with Kubiak, to taking deep shots. That's great. We got a deep shot quarterback, right? No doubt about it. But even Kirk and a couple other guys in this league that are dominant with the deep ball, it's still not a high percentage ball, you know, especially if you don't have Randy Moss or a big boy on the end of it that can knock it down and whatnot. And I'm looking at these targets, and the first four are 47, 42, 33, 33, meaning, you know, 40%, 47% of their targets are deep, basically. And the role players, that make sense. Then you see Metcalf. Then you see Green. But to have two wide receivers on the same team, Jefferson and Thielen, 25%, so, you know, a quarter of all your attempts are deep attempts. You know, I, I love the, the, the deep stuff and, and the, the attack mode. I, that's great. But like you said, and we talked about a couple times now, that's what it kind of, when I saw that on Twitter, that stat, it kind of brought my mind, like, we have been 
kind of doing these boomer busts maybe too much and not boomer bust on second and two, Aaron, right? So we got a manageable third down. No, no, no. We're doing them on third down in short sometimes, fourth and third. Let's keep an eye on that because that could come back to haunt us or, you know, if we're two and two and feeling confident, maybe that will be, like you said, the dagger that you could put people away with. Yeah, I mean, to me, that just, you know, stinks of uh, play action. I mean, that's what you're going to get. Uh, if you're running the ball well and you can, and you can, you know, successfully execute play action passes, you're going to find, you know, deeper in the uh, deeper routes and uh, unless you're going to check it down and then you'll probably hit some a tight end or in the seam or maybe a, you know, a back in the flat play action wise, but. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to catch up to the fact that we're just doing a lot of play action and those percentages might go down a little bit. But uh, it's pretty impressive that uh, both Thielen and Jefferson are about a quarter of their uh, targets are 20 plus yards. And I guess you know, double edged sword on that, like you said, I mean, at some point they're going to get wise to it. And then secondly, you know, change up the defensive scheme a little bit. But it's I think that's a thing of play action passing, man. I think that's just kind of the routes you run in play action. And I saw a stat, like I had mentioned before, that the difference between Cousins in play action and out of play action is vast difference. I think this year uh, they said he's like a 126 quarterback rating in play action uh, as opposed to like 60% uh, percent quarterback rating in uh, while he's not doing play action. That would be shotgun or, or obvious drop back passes. So, you know, keep him in play action. If we can run the ball, which we have been doing, keep that going. I think you'll see uh, more long passes and uh, more open receivers. I just think Cook is that kind of weapon that you kind of have to come up if you're a linebacker, if there's a chance he's going to get the ball. And that leads to Thielen, Jefferson, Ola B.C. Johnson uh, probably having pretty good days. Yeah, and the key thing is I like the deep shots, but when are you doing them? And when is it time to break those out? You're right about the play action. And this year's a little skewed with the normal rating because of game two is worst game of the Viking. And I don't know if it's his worst game ever, but because we didn't, you know, I, I didn't watch him week to week with Washington. But so that that that's pretty skewed uh, right now. If you look at his first two years, um, the quarterback rating overall has been actually very good. But uh, play action, he's always. Uh, you know, it's not usually that big of a difference because, like I said, that week two really kills it. But, man, um, I mean, that's that's what he is. That's what he is. That's what we're built to do. So why not do it? Um, but, you know, sometimes the play action, seven-step drop in the end zone, not necessarily the best play. Um, but we'll just keep an eye on it. I think it's worth mentioning the good and the bad, like you said, the double-edged sword. Uh, Courtney Cronin from ESPN reports – that, you know, it, it literally is a, the spine, you know, the cervical spine stuff, the disc uh, issue here with Hunter. And he is now, well, he did. He actually did last week. He went to New York and got a second opinion. They expect the injury to keep Hunter out for six to eight weeks when he went on IR in September 9th. They're optimistic, again, that he'll come back. But he's getting a second opinion, which I think makes a ton of sense. Um, there's really no point in, uh, you know, in, in pushing this one. You know what I mean? Anything else that you want to talk about on this victory? Or should we dig deep into this uh, really tough game against an unbeaten Seattle Seahawks squad? 
know nothing more on the game, but uh, as far as Hunter goes, I think the second opinion has been given. And I think he was uh, advised to uh, not play for the rest of the season. Uh, considering his age, he's 25, uh, looking forward to a you know another 10 years in the league. I think that the doctor had said to him, you know, go ahead and maybe take the year off and let it heal naturally as opposed to maybe getting surgery and coming back a little bit sooner or uh, trying to just play with it. Uh, so I think that's what they're trying to decide right now is if you should take the year off. That's the personal trainer that said that. Okay. Well, that's what I had heard coming out is that he's trying to make the decision of whether to sit out the year, try to play with it, and then get surgery in the off season. I mean, I guess my stance on it is, you know, it's going to be a rough season, and if you have a chance to – play for 10 more years at a high level, go ahead and maybe take the year off and uh, let it heal naturally. That's the side I would err on. But, you know, there's a lot at stake. Let's say you, you come back and you're six and six at some point, you know, with sure. a playoff chance, you know, it's, it's a tough call down the line, but as of right now, the way the season appears to be unfolding, I would say, go ahead and sit out the year. Yeah. And it's been kind of herky jerky because I'm now seeing some reports that they say that, you know, because I think it was what he, he like. It was either on Instagram or Twitter. He put out a picture, and you could see he was in New York getting the, you know, going to the second, uh, the, one of the best doctors in the world to, to check it out. And I'm with you, Aaron. I think, uh, I, you know, he's such a stud. Sure, it messes up your sack per game thing. Well, not per game because you're not playing, but your age or what? Who cares? You already got the record at 25 anyway. Like I saw some people saying, you yeah, know, but dude. It, in the end, that shit doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Would you rather have him for 10 years, like you said? Or, or, or did you want him to risk in a year that we probably won't make the playoffs? Um, speaking of making the playoffs, this is a game now that we let the Titans game split or slip. We let it go. Should Could be 2-2. Two and two. Could. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. We all know that. Now we come in 1-3 and three going against 4-0 Seattle. And... Uh, they are letting some folks in. I see on Vivid Seats tickets start as low as a buck forty-seven, um, but it shouldn't be a big deal. Jamal Adams is questionable. Dunbar and Thorpe in the secondary is questionable. And uh, Hill. I don't know if all those guys. I don't know if Hill starts, but they do have some folks out. Sharp is questionable. Hughes and Boyd as well. Um, obviously, that'll be updated. It is only Tuesday. Right now, the over-under is set at about 57, which kind of makes sense. Um, I do think that both teams will be in the 20s at least. Uh, the Vikings are beloved Vikings, um, except for the first three weeks. We weren't loving them. Uh, Seven-point underdogs on the road, and that's not the three-point anymore. That's about a point and a half or a half a point now. Um, Seattle's putting up points, obviously, 35 a game. Um, but they're giving up 27 as well. They are giving up, and they're giving up 408 yards passing. On the flip side, though, they're only giving up 76 yards rushing, which is actually a really, really, really good number. Um, whereas we're giving up a chunky amount of passing, but we're still giving up 135. So um, clearly they can pass the ball better than they, they can run. They're averaging 321. Oh, boys put up some really nice numbers. We're, we're a little bit more spread. We're at a buck fifty right now. A buck fifty is one of the best. I mean, you can't really beat a buck fifty in the NFL. Uh, that that means you're really, really running 
Now, when you look at this, Aaron, they've played some good quarterbacks and, and some good teams. Um, but, yeah, they, they're not what they normally are defensively. Hey, does that sound familiar? Uh, they still have a pretty good defensive line, hence the stop and the run. But they've won all their games fairly tightly, even that opening game against Atlanta, 38-25. to 25. 35 to 30 in a back and forth game with the Patriots 20 or 38 to 31 for Dallas when it actually looked like Dallas was going to win that game. And then uh, 31 to 23. Funny. That's our last score against Miami. Um, So clearly some points are going to be put up. It's really a matter of if the Vikings can start that run in the first half and really just somehow contain that quarterback. I think that they did a damn good job early with a guy that can maneuver. Um, obviously, Wilson, who I'm speaking of, can get you with his feet, but he is more of a Tarkington guy, not just the undersized, but he keeps plays alive more than he just goes and, oh my God, I'm just going to run. He'll scramble the shit out of it and somehow either throw the ball away or find somebody wide open. And uh, Metcalf is really doing damage for them, along with, you mentioned, too, Lockett, who always seems to be a good possession receiver, but can go deep. Um, What are your thoughts heading into this game? I mean, we've had back-to-back years, Aaron, where the game was on the table. What what was it, like 6-3, to like two years ago? Like, the game has been on the table, and then it seems in the fourth quarter we just crumbled. Um, is that a repeat or can the Vikes kind of, you know, go and win a game that they shouldn't being that they already won, you know, lost the game or two that they probably shouldn't have. Well, shades of Danny green here, you know, coming in and out of a bye week So there's going to be that kind of intensity probably going on on our part. Uh, you want to, you know, win going into the bye. Now I heard that the players aren't going to be able to go anywhere on a bye week which kind of sucks for them, but yeah, it, it's Russ Wilson, man. I mean, I thought last year we played him pretty well, but we had all our horses then. And we had Barr and, and everybody else. And uh, everybody thought it would be a high-scoring game, and it turned out to be a really low-scoring game. And uh, I think even the year before that, it was a, a bit of a low-scoring game, at least a low-scoring first half, and uh, kind of contained Wilson. I don't think we have the parts this year to do that, but it'd be nice if we have a scheme, something that Zimmer does to – to keep him under control, maybe play him a little bit like they do Rodgers, but they keep contain and not let him extend plays because we've learned that even at our best, this defense is terrible when, when you find a quarterback that can extend plays, which is something that Russell does really, really well. And then you've got, you know, they kind of are a mirror of us, except for with, I think, a better quarterback, maybe a more clutch quarterback. Their defense is, is torn apart. Our defense is torn apart. Their offense is, is pretty productive. Ours is pretty productive. So I think it really comes down to which Kirk Cousins shows up. I mean, if he comes out and has a heck of a night like he did with the Rams a couple of years back and just, you know, throwing it all over the field, uh, we've got a chance to maybe make it a higher scoring game and come at him a little bit if we get a, a sheepish uh you know, uh, subdued Kirk Cousins, which we tend to find in primetime games, uh, you know, then it's going to be a little bit more rough. Hopefully Cook can pull us through that. But you know, you're going to have to throw. You're going to have to keep up with these guys scoring points. And I really don't think we're going to be able to do that uh, to the extent that Russell Wilson will be able to do that on us. Uh, 
So it's either going to go one of two ways. It's going to be that low scoring, grind it out, or it's going to be high scoring. I tend to think it's going to be more high scoring, probably right around the over. I got it at 27-31 Seahawks. Uh, but I think that score could flip if the right circumstances are uh, presented, turnovers and whatnot. So I got uh, 31 Seahawks, 27 Vikings, and uh, we go into the bye week uh, one and four. And let's not forget that the offensive line does have to play up to a mediocre level as well, right? It's not just Cousins, right? I mean, they, they have something to do on the field as well. Am I right, sir? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously right. But, you know, I think that, like, the play-action thing's working, the running game's working. Again, it's that whole formula of just keep – Russell off the field and eat the clock. I think that's probably what you're going to see. And I, like I said, I trust that offensive line and run blocking in a combination with Delvin Cook, who can just find spots to run, but the pass blocking is a little bit different. And uh, I think they're improving, which is a good thing. Uh, Samia actually is improving a little bit more, uh, still not where he needs to be, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's hand in hand with quarterback and offensive line, but uh, you know, there's, you can't put away the primetime Kirk Cousins stats. Yeah, but all those stats, you know, his offense or his defense in all those games are giving up 30 points a game, too. So you got to play that into it. But what I think is, Aaron, that, and we don't have to go back two years. Last year, there was a seven game stretch in that winning streak that a couple of those games we passed to run. That That's not ancient history. I think that's what we're going to have to see because. They stopped the run pretty damn well. The defensive line, they still have some some boys down there. I'm not saying we won't be able to run because even last week, if you look at the analytics, they were the 20. I think it was 22nd ranked offensive lineman or offensive line, excuse me, for running. But you know, Cook still made something out of nothing at times. So even if it's that, you know, the the four yards, three yards. But let's get to some dinking and dumping and post up some of these stud. Uh, tight ends that we got and it's not so boom for bust but i think that we're gonna have to pass to run maybe too and i laughed when you did your score Aaron, because dude it's happened now back to back weeks just a little off but i have it 30 i went right with the spread 30 to 27 uh vikes going down in another game where we're gonna do coulda woulda oh if we did that different i, I think it is though uh not trying to protect uh, you know, Cousins, I do think that's what it does come down to is Wilson's just a better quarterback. He's a, obviously at times the number one quarterback, but always the top five quarterback. So that is funny, though, that we're right neck and neck with our uh, with our predictions. You know what? We both were close last week. Um, well, not totally close. I guess we were a little different, but still we both had them losing and they won. So, you know. Maybe this, maybe it will be flipped, and, and it definitely, the way it looks, it, it definitely could be that. But I liked what you said about our defense. Um, it just feels like it's too much um, this year, especially at this point. Um, but, you know, we are due for, like, hey, we're playing better than we are, so hopefully that's what we get. Any last words, sir, before we shut this puppy down? Uh, just looking at the records a little bit, Chris. I mean, you go into the bye two and three as opposed to one and four. That's a and big difference. The bye is not next week, though. It's another week. We play Atlanta then a week. Oh, okay, so it's Atlanta and then and then we go in and then we got Green Bay after that. Okay, well then screw all the bye talk stuff. Um, I think that you know 
you want to obviously be two and three, not one and four, but this is kind of the test of the whole first part of the season. I mean, even when we thought we were a playoff bound team, this was one on the schedule where you go, okay, it's probably a loss just because of history has shown that. But I mean, you throw in some turnovers, you throw in some things that you can't expect. And uh, like I said, it, it might, could be a closer game than even uh, we anticipate it at our picks there. So, I mean, I'm going in hopeful, but I'm thinking to myself, you know, if with history and with the way this defense is playing, probably a loss here, but a win could really, you know, get the ball rolling in the right direction. Yeah, and you're right. It's just it's hard to feel confident about this defense right now, especially when you got a got a guy like Russ that scrambles and hits you deep, and it just he finds a way to get the job done almost every single a stud all right we will get out of here um enjoy the game this weekend um thanks for hanging with us for those who are hanging in this rough season we understand that this is you know um, that's why we've been putting them out more on thursday thursday day thursday nights because uh we're, we're trying to give you some room to breathe we know there's a lot going on in our world we're in election cycle yada 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 but we'll be back next week. Enjoy the Vikes game. Hopefully, Sunday night we can walk away with the victory. We'll be back next week. We'll be back next week the whole season. Um, take it easy. Peace. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.